0: Another conversation with you about some of the stories that matter. Folks, I want to get into what Biden talked about last night. I'm going to see if we can get some clips from Biden speaking in Baltimore last night. Uh, In the work that he's doing now, as he's working on his Build Back Better plan, Uh, which is a focus on political activity, which is a focus on the economy, which is a focus on helping communities with the Build Back Better plan. He came to Baltimore last night uh, and he invited students from all the universities. Uh, You had to apply to get in. And then, if you were chosen, you were able to join him. Professors were there. There were some community representatives who were in the House. And of course, Representative Infume was there as well, uh, because it was an opportunity for Joe Biden to speak to the American public during this CNN debate that was hosted by Anderson Cooper. Uh, What's interesting is that there was a lot of conversation on Facebook about this event. People had some real concerns that last night, if you didn't know it and you only got your information from who asked questions, you would think that Baltimore City is a predominantly white city. There were very few African-Americans who were able to ask a question and who were in the place. Now, that could be just because people didn't have time to get on the program. It could be that they weren't selected based upon their question. Or it could be that we got to talk about communication in this city. Because if you're going to come to Baltimore and you're going to have a conversation about building back better then you need to have folks who are directly impacted by how America is not doing better in the place. I want to get into that discussion today. What does it mean to build back better? I want to hear from you. You know, what did you think of, of Joe Biden's presentation last night what did you think of of joe biden taking the opportunity to come to baltimore you know the top of the south and bottom of the north to talk through his build back better plan do you believe that he's going to be able to build back better i mean that is that something that actually is going to be able to happen where do you stand on this? So we're going to get a number of clips from last night and we're going to play through them and then open up the phone lines to you early, 410-319-8888, to hear from you. What did you think of Joe Biden last night in Baltimore City really trying to hold on to this trillion dollar package that he has put forward and every step of the way it is starting to be cut down. He's being met with resistance from Joe Manchin, Kristen Cinema. There are a lot of moderates who are saying it's a lot of money, progressives are on the side other side asking for more money. That I'm not sure if this particular plan which some had touted as potentially being Joe Biden's greatest legacy I don't think he's going to be able to get it passed. There's too much division right now in Congress. 410-319-8888. Uh, let's take a look. Uh, let's take a listen to a clip from last night. Um, so do we have one standing by, Dre? They are working on... Okay, so let's go to the first clip, and we'll have a number of them today going through so we can listen to President Joe Biden and we can respond directly to it. Let's take a listen to the first one.
1: lost, and I know you lost somebody who you consider a close friend, uh, General Colin Powell. What's something about him that, that people didn't know?
2: He had enormous integrity. They knew that. But he's one of the few serious, serious players I've dealt with over these years. When he made a mistake, he acknowledges it. Mm. He said, I, I was wrong about That's it. rarer these days. No, it's rare, it's been rare, it's rare in human nature. For someone in a powerful position to say they are wrong, they are wrong, I made a mistake, that's a hard thing to do. And I've had to do it about a half a dozen times lately. <laughs> but, but, uh, but all kidding aside, and the second thing about him was he had a lot of ser- serious, uh, he had real compassion. You know his his well i'll tell you afterwards but because we only have a few minutes he and i went out to the secret service racetrack he had a brand new corvette his his family bought him, his kids bought him and i have a 67 327 350 and we raced we raced <laughs> and you, you know the, you know the only reason i'm serious it was on jay leno check it out jay leno live he's he's a hell of a guy who won well, I won only because he was worried I was going to crash into him <laughs> because I don't have posi traction. So I was burning rubber the whole way out there and I could see him going, whoa.
0: So that's Joe Biden. Now I, I want to be clear that that kind of banter that Joe Biden's having about Colin Powell doesn't really get into the bill back better. That's just kind of setting you up that it's supposed to be an evening of conversation, but that does not in any way get into the problems that Joe Biden faced last night. We enjoyed his banter about Colin Powell. We enjoyed the story about the race, but that's not what we're here for. We wanted to hear answers about what is going to happen with reparations. We want to hear answers about what's to deal with killing the part of the bill that dealt with community colleges. We wanted to get some answers on how you're going to get the money The stimulus money that apparently we're still waiting for, the $657 million that we've been waiting for. I don't know if it's actually arrived in Baltimore City. We have not heard whether or not it has arrived. I'm just trying to figure out what are the next steps. 410-319-8888. It's Justina Works. on getting another clip. Let's speak to Stephanie from Baltimore. Stephanie, how are you?
3: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well, thank you.
3: Um, You know, I have to say, I'm not impressed one iota because, number one, everything is handled almost on the secret. Very few people knew about his coming. And then when he does come, they select who they want to be at the town hall. This is an issue. You're in Baltimore City. How do you not talk to the actual citizens of Baltimore City? How do you not have a panel that has more people of color on it who deal with the ills in their neighborhoods in Baltimore City? We're looking for answers to these things as to build back better. You want to talk build back better. That's what build back better means. You talk to the people who live in the neighborhoods that need to be built up and the people need to be encouraged to do better. So I'm not impressed one iota, one iota. Yeah, I was a
0: little bit concerned uh, when the first question that was taken from the floor wasn't from a person of color. Now I may be a little biased, Stephanie. I understand that, but in a city that's 68 to almost 69 percent African American, I'm like the first question. I just assumed would be. From, I'm like, come on! Did you guys not do any like on the ground work? Did you not ask anybody just for a little assistance here, just for the imagery of Baltimore City?
3: I can guarantee you that they did not. I can guarantee you that they did not. And I can guarantee you that the person that asked the first question is not in a depraved neighborhood. I can guarantee you on that.
0: And I think that is something when we think about Baltimore City, there are people that we need to hear from. And yes. They, they did not do a good job of letting us hear from those people last night.
3: Exactly. When you start being selective as to who you invite, you invite to a, a, a town hall. I'm not used to that. I've been to town halls before. And you, these are people that come that are concerned about what's going on in our, in our city. People show up and people get to speak at the podium. Even, even Fox 45 didn't select who could talk. They let people talk and get it off their chest. So how do you select who can talk and make known what's going on in this city?
0: I was a little bit concerned by that um, because when when I received, i will be very honest here, Stephanie. I received the notice from Joe Biden's people, and this was sent out to university. So I received it through my Loyola email and through my Morgan email asking me to submit a question. And if I was selected based upon my question, then I could attend. But listen, Stephanie, I didn't get this notice last week. I didn't get this notice over the weekend. I just got it two days ago. The event was last night, so you're talking about, like, Tuesday I got the email. I'm like, so between Tuesday and Wednesday, you only had a night to try to put together a question and hope you were going to be selected. It felt very last minute, and that is something that concerned me.
3: Minute is controlled. It's not last minute. It's called controlled because, as they said to you, if you're selected... So that meant based on the question that you wanted to ask, right, right. it was dependent on whether or not that question suited their agenda, right. not our agenda, not the agenda and the concerns of the people of Baltimore City, but their agenda to sugarcoat things. I am like so done. You ain't even got to put a fork in me because I am done.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. We appreciate you. 319 8888 We're talking about Joe Biden last night in Baltimore City uh, with his town hall. And I would love to hear your comments on that. Uh, We have another clip I want to go to because we're going to play quite a few clips. So you can, if you didn't watch it, you can then kind of listen and respond. But this is a clip where Biden calls out the National Guard. I also want to get a couple of clips, uh, Justina, of people asking questions from the audience. We can talk about some of those. Uh, Biden is talking about the National Guard. Let's take a listen to it.
1: You consider the National Guard to help with the supply yes, chain issue?
2: Absolutely. Positively, I will do that. But in addition to that, what you got to do is you got to get these ships in and unloaded. And one of the things in my, my infrastructure plan, there's $16 billion for port expansion. We have to be able to move things along. Because what's happening is when we, a, a product your mother may need for, for interior design in terms of drapery or colors or something that is imported from somewhere else. Well, guess what? A lot of these places, particularly in South Asia, are closing down because of COVID. The businesses are just flat closing. They're so would, would you consider the National
1: Guard for trucking? for Because there's a lot of yes, problems with not enough truck drivers yes, right but now. Here's,
2: and th- that's why what we're doing now. Do you
1: have a timetable for them?
2: Well, I have a timetable to. First of all, I want to get the ports up and running and get the railroads and the railheads and the trucks in port ready to move because I've gotten Walmart and others to say we're going to move stuff off of the port into our warehouse. So
0: that was a little bit about Joe Biden calling out the National Guard. Folks, I am not sure if the answers that we were seeking were made available last night. Now, I understand and I think I've talked about this before. Joe Biden was the best of the options that we had for president. Let's be clear. We needed Joe Biden to come along because if, if nothing else that we have learned in America, if we want to beat the current person in office, and in that we were talking about Donald Trump, if you want to beat The white man who was in office, who was driving this country toward a white supremacist agenda. If you want to beat him, then you had to come with a Joe Biden. There's no way that a Kamala Harris, for example, would have beaten Donald Trump. A Cory Booker would have beaten Donald Trump. We could not get support within our own community, the Democratic community, to get behind a candidate of color. I think we missed a real opportunity here. I'll be very honest. This is the first time that we had that level of diversity among the candidates. I'm thinking about Andrew Yang. I'm thinking about Cory Booker. I'm thinking about the fact that we had you know, an African-American man. We had a black woman, a black and brown woman. I'm talking about Kamala Harris. We had uh, someone from the Latinx community. We had somebody from the Asian-American community. We had other women up there. We actually had an opportunity to put forth someone who was very diverse. And what we chose to do instead is to go with the old guard. You can say what you want about President Joe Biden, he he represents the old guard. Dude was elected to office. The first time he was elected was the year that Shirley Chisholm ran for president. Just sit with that for a second. He's been around for a long time. He's the old guard. And as the old guard, he understands that this idea of being too progressive is not going to work. You're not going to be able to get things passed. And he is stalling right now. And I am not sure what the end game is, but what I'm recognizing, the things that he's cutting out, the things he's getting rid of, are things that benefit black and brown people. Pay attention, y'all. Pay attention. Joe Biden is playing the long game because he is setting himself up to run. If he goes too far to the right he will not get re-elected. He's going to stay in the middle where he has been for his entire career. It was so radical when he first got in there. We thought something was going to happen, and instead, it has been more of the same thing. Let's go to William from Maryland. William, how are you?
4: Good, Dr. Whitehead.
0: Good. How are you?
4: I'm fine. I have three questions for you. Yes, sir. One... I just heard you said that uh, President Joe Biden is from the old guard. Yes. Okay. Have you ever played chess before?
0: Absolutely. I talk about that difference between chess and checkers all the time. Yes.
4: All right. So in the chess game, you got bombs, you got a knight, you got a rook, you got a queen, you got a king, etc.
0: Bishops. Yeah, I get it.
4: And. Or the democrats are playing chess as yesterday when we had the townhouse here when i heard about it i just thought that that people from the community and definitely the mayor would be there i didn't see nothing about the mayor i didn't i didn't and it, it seemed like the mayor would send a question because he grew up in baltimore my third question is this. I looked at it last night because I'm, I'm a Vietnam veteran and how he talked about Colin Powell and stuff. And I look at it as another move of the way white supremacy is doing as of this present moment. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. I just want to kind of respond to that with, with that whole chess and checkers analogy, which we talked about yesterday. Let, let's be clear, folks. That if you look at the parties writ large, the Democratic Party writ large, the Republican Party writ large, when you compare them apples to oranges, the Republican Party is playing chess. I make that argument because they're playing the long game. And I feel like Democrats, we're playing checkers. We're talking about making moves now, right? We want to get stuff done at this moment. Whereas for the Republicans, they are playing the long game. But here is what I was talking about with President Joe Biden. Within the Democratic Party itself, we have people like me and perhaps like you, and I'm not trying to insult you, but people like me and you, I'll put, you know, I won't talk about me and Justina and Dre. I'll talk about us. Me, Justina and Dre, part of the Democratic Party, we're playing checkers. We're going out. We're trying to vote. We're trying to keep it real. We're thinking about our candidates. Those who are in power within the Democratic Party, they are playing checkers. They are playing chess. Not checkers. Let me say that again, so we're on the same page. Against the Republican Party, the Democratic Party as a whole is playing checkers. The Republican Party as a whole is playing chess. But within the Democratic Party, there are some of us who are on the ground, we are playing checkers. Those who are in power, they're playing the long game. How else do you think Joe Biden was able to hold on to power for so long? Playing the long game. Game. We cannot expect President Joe Biden to actually be the president that gets us reparations. Come come on. Not if he wants to get reelected. Maybe he'll do reparations in his second term. But Reparations for black folks in America guarantees you're not going to be reelected. We don't have enough bodies on the ground to be able to vote for the candidate that gets us reparations. We just won't be able to put him over the top. We have Ted on the phone from Baltimore County, and then we'll go back to another clip.
5: My um, only thing is we spend so much time talking about the president um, on national things when we don't hold our local politicians to the same level of um, scrutiny. There's, If you look around, I mean, we talk about what has Joe Biden done for us, but we have to ask so at some point what have our local officials done for us. And as far as this whole long game, some of it is you have to. You have to realize that we don't have numbers, um, unfortunately, um, to pass everything we want to. And with the, it's not so much him being reelected, there's an election coming up in two years. And so having to make sure that we hold on to the House, hold on to the Senate, to be able to pass other things in the future, um, I think that's part of the game plan that we have to have. Um, it's not always about what we want, everything, everything now. Sometimes we have to go, okay, let's get a little bit, let's get a little bit, let's get a little bit, and that, at some point that grows.
0: Like, let me ask you, Ted, because I mean, you, you and I are, are on the same page in terms of the upcoming midterm elections. And I am trying to figure out, Ted, what we can do within the Democratic Party to get people stirred up enough to go to the polls. All the research shows that the Republicans tend to tell their, their constituents that every election is a matter of life and death dog catcher, comptroller, local, every election is life or death. And if you don't show up, we're going to lose this country. We don't ring the same kind of bell within the Democratic Party. We we talk about the big elections for president, but we don't ring the bell when it comes to the midterm elections, which then determine whether or not things are going to move forward when you want to put your options and your opportunities and your policies on the table.
5: And I would say even more than that is, I press a lot with local elections, because if you look at places like Georgia, where gerrymandering happens because you have states that may have large minority populations, but you have, mine, um, you have Republicans in power because people are voting in their local elections, and when it comes time to draw those maps, they're drawing maps that benefit them, and it, uh, thus... Uh, we can't get the things on a local level we
0: want. But I wonder, let me ask you one more question Ted, because I really think you're tapping into something here. That, I'm sorry? You know, actually, I want to ask you one more question, because I think you're tapping into something here with this idea of the long game. That it feels like, at least in the black community, it's like we've been playing the long game for a long time. We've been pushing off the things that benefit our community to benefit America as a whole, and we come up short every time, Ted. So what do we do in this next election?
5: I, I I don't know if it changes in this next election. I'm gonna I'm sorry, but I'm gonna keep going back to more of a local level because yes we keep pushing off things that you know benefit other people but we keep voting for people that even even the comment before you know um you made earlier about we had such a diverse um field we get caught up in that diverse field sometimes Mm -hmm. and realize just because someone looks like us doesn't mean they're doing things to benefit us just because someone is from the neighborhood or someone's from around the way or you know someone's name they're not doing things to benefit us and at some point we have to say no you you aren't you know you're not you're not helping me you're not helping me I, I need a change um, for or, or the people who I'm, I'm saying be my representative and I think that's where we need to start first we need to start by making sure that those who are acting on a local level to do things for uh, are actually doing it I mean look at Baltimore City it, you know you have so many people who've been in power and for such a no, long Ted, time Ted, I'm and so been sorry. In the I'm going to have
0: to put a hold there. Um, and feel free to okay. hold on. I got to put a pin there because they're calling me for a hard break. When we come back, we're going to pick up on what Ted was talking about, and I want to tell you what was not addressed last night—a big issue that we talk about every day. They didn't bring it up at all in the town hall with the President of the United States. Stay with us, and I'll let you know what it was. Joe Biden's visit to Baltimore City last night. Uh, the Baltimore Sun just published kind of the takeaways from his visit to Baltimore. I want to go through that because there's something that surprised me. And I don't get surprised very often. I think I feel like I've seen it all. This surprised me. But before I tell you what that is, let me go back to Ted. Ted, you we cut you off and we wanted to have you finish. Did you want to go back to this idea of local politics?
5: Yeah, I mean, um, if you—I mean, sometimes we have to say the messenger sucks. But even think about what Donald Trump has said. What has the Democratic Party done for you? And I'm not talking about switching parties because I don't believe Republican Party's going to help you. But at some point, we have to say to ourselves, what have our local leaders done for us? There are so many times when you know, the Democratic Party as a whole, um, you know, local leaders—they use. Things are based on identity. Hey, vote for me because we're black. You know, vote for me because it's us against them. But it's as opposed to vote for me because this is what I'm doing to change your life. This is what I'm going to do to make things better for you. But, you know, can I, um, a couple of months ago um, when Joe Biden had his um, 100 days in office, we went through the same thing as far as like, hey, let's look what he's done his 100 days. Right. But look at how many local leaders have been in office and if you were to honestly say, hey, what has so-and-so done for you, can we really answer that question?
0: Yeah, I think, I think you're putting forth the question. Thank you so much, Ted. I, I appreciate you. Folks, last night in in Baltimore City, a place that is struggling with more than 300 homicides a year, most of them involving guns, I want you to know that there was no talk of gun violence at all none i'm trying to figure out how you're sitting with the leader of the quote free world you're sitting with the one that can put some pressure on to ease up on what's happening to us in this city and there was no talk of gun violence you know what let's be very clear because some of us me Put in a question about, gun. I I submitted a question. I wanted to talk about gun violence. I want to talk about safety measures. I wanted to talk about the future that involves keeping our children safe, keeping our elderly members safe. Hey, you know what, keeping me safe. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about pouring more money into coming up with local plans to deal with gun violence. No talk. I was not selected, y'all. No talk at all. They offered me a ticket to come and sit in the audience, but my question wasn't selected. No talk. Here's the thing. Baltimore City is one of more than a dozen cities and counties from across the country that have signed on to participate in a collaborative effort led by President Joe Biden to release and, I'm sorry, to reduce gun violence. That is Effort will be paid for with coronavirus relief money. So what does that mean? Joe Biden has his whole effort. He's like, look, we got to take crime down, and I want to help you. I got all this COVID stimulus money. I mean, I'm printing money in the basement of the White House. I got you covered. I'm going to send you money to work out some type of crime plan so you can reduce crime in your neighborhood. Sign this effort, and I know you can get a piece of the money. Our mayor stepped up and signed off. He should have. He signed off. So You know what? Baltimore City needs help. Well, if that is the case, why wasn't it addressed last night? We spent time talking about racing cars with Colin Powell. I want to know what you're doing. Where is the COVID relief money that's specifically detailed and designed to deal with violence? Where's that money? Because I'm not sure if we've received it yet. I, I just heard last week a 16-year-old shot a 15-year-old. Where's the money dealing with violence, dealing with reducing violence, dealing with guns, dealing with reducing the number of guns coming into our city? Where is that COVID money? But they didn't allow that question last night because we're talking about racing cars with Colin Powell. And they're all driving these expensive luxury speed cars, let's be very clear, which I thought was a bit of a a slap in the face of those of us who are still catching the bus. We have John on the phone from Ellicott City. John, how are you? Uh,
6: Thank you. I'm going to have a take that's a little different. I uh, work at the Department of Labor. I monitor, you know, uh, matter of fact, I headed up the a legislative unit for the highest, for the largest agency within the department. And I worked in the field for about 20 years, and I monitor elections as my hobby right around the country. We, as black voters, we, we often denigrate the black vote, but the black vote is a, is a very intelligent vote. We sized up the field. You know that was running in that in the primary uh, for, uh, for the for the twenty twenty election, and we we reached the conclusion that Joe Biden was the only one that had a shot at defeating Trump. We did the same thing with Obama. We we thought Hillary Clinton, but once those folks in our uh, a ninety five percent white state voted for Obama, we felt that he had a shot at it. And we shifted. Now, the, the thing about Biden, we keep talking about he has, he has a 50-50 uh, margin. I mean, it's it's really the slimest margin you can have. It's only broken because the vice president could break ties. But you've got two senators, and there are others who are not too keen on uh, removing—they're talking about a talking filibuster, but eliminating the filibuster. It, 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 he— You got the mansion is from uh, West Virginia. Trump won it by over 40 percent. It only has uh, about a four percent black population. The same thing with Arizona, it has only about a four percent population. The largest minority is uh, Hispanics, makes about 37. So it's not as easy for him. I mean, and he has very little, if no, leverage over mansion. So I, I said a long time ago, we will get. And that reconciliation reconciliation bill is basically what Manchin will go along with. As he pointed out last night, when you got 50-50, every senator is a president. Uh, He said it as a joke, but it's true. Any one of them can block anything. That's a lot of popular means, but
0: but John, mm -hmm. doesn't mm -hmm. that mean that midterm elections matter? What you just said, fifty-fifty. 50 50 Every person is a president. It means that we should be very intentional about who we put into that position, showing up to make sure that there's more of us than of them. When I say us, them, I'm just talking about political parties. That's all.
6: But, Dr. K., the problem is white people do not vote for even great candidates at the state level. There are only about two or three states that have ever elected a black to the, senator, I mean, to the Senate. And you look at Maryland. Uh, Democratic candidates, uh, for better or for worse, most white people see the Republican Party as best representing their interests, and they see, uh, the black, I mean, the Democratic Party as representing, uh, immigrants. Even Obama, the first time around, he got 43% of the white vote, the last time he got 40%. Uh, and there are certain, I mean, you know, that's just a fact of life in Maryland. The first time around, Brown ran a terrible campaign, but he was a credible candidate. Any of those white candidates would have knocked off Hogan in that first election, especially the, the black ma- or white males. So, I mean, there are certain facts about politics we just have to accept. No, I 12- understand that, per- but yeah. there's,
0: there's work that can mm-hmm. be done, though. I, I agree with you. There are certain facts we have to accept. We also know that both parties are overwhelmingly filled with people who are white and with the mm-hmm. next growing uh, party— that's going to be within, and this is kind of a sub-party within both the Democratic and the Republican Party, is the Latinx community. Because that community tends to be purple. Sometimes they're blue, sometimes they're red, depending upon where they're located, depending upon who the candidate is. And I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if for black people, maybe that might be a new strategy. Maybe we need to be more purple than just so dead-set blue.
6: But but, but but we can't afford to be purple. The vote is not large enough. We can only get candidates over... As part of a coalition, it has to include liberal whites and other people, other minority groups, Asians and Hispanics. But they're only 12 We're about 12.4 percent of the population. There are certain states that. A Democrat can't win. There are no blacks up in in, in New England. A whole bunch of Quite states with just a handful.
0: Quite a few states is like that. And there are some places yeah. that are overwhelmingly Democratic. and It has nothing to do with whether black folks are there. I'm thinking about where Bernie Sanders, you know, where his folks up in Vermont. But we know that when we start talking about coalition building. That's why it's important to come and reach out across the aisles. Joe Biden has always been very successful with doing that. Joe Manchin has can't just reach changed across
6: the hour. Hour. Now, I don't want to cut you off that. But we can't reach across the aisle. The, the, Repo- the Republicans, they, they, that's the party of Trump. Yeah, it's but not all of them. W- there, there are some Republicans
0: that have come across How the aisle and voted. I mean, no, it's
6: not a lot. Not a lot. Eight, so eight or nine, four, but ten there are some at the most. The, okay, Go I, I'm going to get up there. But if you look at that vote on Steve Bannon, I mean, that's to protect the— the integrity of of Congress. Only nine Republicans. know. I mean they, they got a stone wall now. That party is dominated by white nationalists and white supremacists. That's the base that drives the party, and there's not much crossing over that's going to happen. And
0: I don't disagree with you. I don't
6: disagree with you, but we can't give up, right? We, we no, can't you don't give up, but but we got to face reality. The man is up against a. I mean, he's he's in a tough fifty fifty is. Now, I, I, I pray that, that we can pressure that. him to do something about I voting rights. I pressure. I but get that. But I think the other one is dead. Police reform at the federal, we had to focus at the state level. I'm going to get off there. All right. Thank
0: you so much, John. No, John is <laughs> Thank, you Thank you for, you for
6: listening to me. No, no,
0: absolutely, <laughs> sir. Absolutely. John is right. John is both right and wrong, okay? So John is right on the lot, but there were some areas that I disagreed with. I do think that we cannot give up and say, you know, we can't reach across the aisle, so no matter what happens— No, because if we allow that, that, that kind of belief, we're going to continue to be in this stagnant position, which we have been in since Obama. We didn't go out for the midterm elections, and you know what happened? you sent up. At that point, you got us to 50-50. You got us to a place where we can't have any movement. It's not necessarily about the House of Representatives, which is important, but what's even more important is a place where everybody's a president. That's what happens with 50 50. Everybody's a president. And it makes it difficult to move anything forward. So, do we say that Joe Biden is the issue? Well, you know what? I'm sorry. If the country was doing well, you, you you lift up the president. When the country's not, you critique the president. It's just what it means to be in a leadership position. Let's go to another clip from President Joe Biden from last night when he was in Baltimore.
1: Uh, let's go to the audience. This is Nicholas Vaught. He's the uh, coordinator of the Applied Liberal Studies Program at Morgan State University. He's Democrat. Nicholas Morgan State.
2: Morgan State. All right, man. <laughs> I was fucking there. My wife and I have two young boys, Arthur and Teddy. However, the cost of childcare is nearly double our mortgage. We want to have more children, but even though we earn a good salary now, childcare is so expensive. So how will this new infrastructure plan help middle-class families pay for childcare? Well let me ask you, do you have how old are your kids? Three and a half and six months old. God love you) <laughs> Well, look, there's two pieces. There's the child care, having someone take care of the, your child while you are working, while you and your wife are working. Under this proposal, I have no one will have to pay unless you're making more than individually. You're each making, you know, making over 300 grand, 150,000 a piece. For educators. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm married to one, Dr. Biden, right here. He's so. <clears throat> So, you'll not have to pay more than 7% of your income for child care, 7%. And the way we do that is we provide for the ability to have child care centers funded. The money won't even go to you. you. You don't, you'll, the figure income, you get 7% with the total cost. But there's another piece here. You now are qualified to be able to have a child tax credit. It used to be that when you, you know, when you, if you were, had enough money to pay significant taxes, you could write off 2,000 bucks for every child you had and reduce them your taxes. But if you were making uh, 60,000 bucks a year, you didn't have that much to write off, you didn't get anything. Well, I call this a tax break for middle-class people. If you're making in the $150,000 range right now, you're in a situation where you can get, if you have a child under seven, $350. If you have a child over seven, between seven and 17, you can get $300. And you get a direct payment. The the, the IRS sends you money.
1: Joe Manchin wants a work requirement with your enhanced uh, tax credit for for kids. Is that something you would support? No.
2: Uh, Here's the
1: deal. So I
0: I appreciate the question. I will say that it was just a little bit odd for me and maybe for some other people. It's like there's a little little odd that the first question was from somebody from Morgan State University, a major powerhouse HBCU. It would have been great if that person was African-American, Latinx indigenous. I appreciate the question. I was like, well, you know, I I just it's sometimes as a communications person, I know that image is important. And I know that, as someone once said, the medium is the message. I wonder if that first the first question of oh, the same question. Don't change the question. I got young kids, blah, blah blah but what if that was a black woman? I'm just saying, think about it. A black woman was like, you know what? No, 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 I'm not a professor. I'm just trying to make ends meet. I can't afford childcare, because there are people in this city who are not professors, who do not have those type of jobs and who are really struggling. I just think it was interesting. I'm not saying they did it on purpose. I do know they chose the questions. I know that. And then they started putting people in order of who's going to speak? I know that. I just think for a place that's 68 percent African-American. I think it would have been a powerful statement if that first, because we were all watching, would be from someone who's like, you know what? I'm on the ground here, and I'm really working to figure out how to move forward to take care of my family. Last night's town hall in Baltimore City was really about national issues. Uh, Talked about gas prices, which are outrageous. I Like you, if you have a car like you, I find myself spending, at this point, hundreds of dollars on gas per week. Yes, I said hundreds. I drove and saw my son in one day, over $120. Gas is outrageous. Gas has gone up They said about 54%. So where are you traveling for Thanksgiving? Because you're not really going to be able to afford it unless you save up. They talked about taxes, which are going to be outrageous this year. All of our taxes were low last year. The government worked with us last year. It's like they're punishing us for COVID. That's how it feels. Childcare, which is unaffordable at this point. What I thought was interesting, and I put forth a number of questions. I was asking questions. I was hoping that they'd pick me for one of them. So one of my questions started off with this whole idea around gun violence. But I had another question. Joe Biden has set it up with families would children under the age of seven get, I don't know, $350, whatever it is, right? And families that have children between the ages of eight and 17, you might get 200 bucks or so. And you've been getting it every month, I think, up until December. I asked a question when I you know signed in and put my question. I wanted to know why not do something similar for those of us who have children in college? Why should I have to almost be penalized because my sons are too old to get that tax credit. I'm thinking a child in college, even though Buddy's not home, it's actually costing me more money with him being in college than him being in the house. Because everything he has to do from housing to food to tuition to books, everything is costing a ton of money. Why not give those parents as well? I mean, I would have loved to have received 100 150 bucks a month For children in college to offset some of the cost of sending our children to college. You cut out free community college. So for most of us, we're going to be paying something along with the possibility if you send your children down that route of taking out student loans. Think about how hard that is. 410-319-8888. I have another question. This is from an African-American who asked a question. Let's take a listen to it.
1: I want you to meet Vanessa Antrim from Bowie, Maryland. She's retired. She's a caregiver for her elderly parents. God love you. She's a Democrat. Vanessa, your question.
0: Yes, Mr. President. My parents have been married for 73 years and both are dealing...
6: Yes. Yeah. Both, th- both of them are dealing with dementia. My father, who
0: is a veteran, is completely bedridden and my mom is experiencing issues with walking. I have found the process for me to provide care for them in my home very hard. They have worked all their life only for me to experience a lot of red tape to provide supports in a loving home environment. What is being done to support the elderly, especially for
4: a middle-class family like mine?
2: Well, first of all... My mom were here She, so you're a good daughter, number yes. one. Thank you. Number two, uh, I, uh, I was in a situation like you were. I was making more money. I was making $42,000 a year as a senator at the time, although I was listed the poorest man in the Senate for 36 years, but I still made more money than most people because the Senate salaries kept going up. What happened was uh, my, uh, my dad got sick and he was in hospice, so Jill and I took my dad home. We took care of him in our house. But we were lucky because we had the ability to have, I have a sister who's an angel and a brother who's a wonderful guy, and we all took turns in our house taking care of them. But here's the deal. Right now, under Medicaid, there are 860,000, I think it's 860, don't hold me the exact number, it's over 800,000, who qualify for home health care aid for their parents. But there's no money there. There's no money there. So what we do is we provide the funding for Medicaid to allow you to be able to keep, if your parents had their home, keeping them in their home if you want it, or get help in your home with home care from professionals providing, helping you take care of them, helping you take care of them. And in many cases where you're not taking care of them in your own home, but they're they're staying in their home, you're going to be able to have the ability to have someone come in and make their meals for them. They don't have to be there 24-7. So there's a lot of things we're doing. In addition to the process, we're going to be able to train up those home care workers who are usually minority women, women of color, as well as immigrants. And they have the capacity to learn more as they go along to move to the point where they can become practical nurses and things like that. So
0: that was just uh, a little clip from last night. President Joe Biden... Talking about what is being done to help home care workers, those people of our country who are taking care of their bedridden parents, uh, who are part of what we call the sandwich generation, where you're dealing with both aging parents and children coming of age. Joe Biden also talked a little bit about this vaccination mandate. You know that that is a big thing that he's doing, and he has said early on that he is mandating that federal employees get vaccinated. And then he's also mandating that companies with 100 or more workers get vaccinated. I don't know when the deadline is, but he did mimic an anti-vaccination viewpoint. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. Freedom, come on. Many of those questions that were asked allowed Joe Biden to go into his national agenda. Uh, I want to note that quite a few of the newspapers picked up and said that the college that was met with the most support from the audience was Morgan State University, happy to say. Um, And so I think it's nice. And Joe Biden, in quite a few of his answers, tried to interject the school's name in some of his answers. So Morgan was prominently displayed last night. Uh, Baltimore, so it seems, have always been very supportive of President Biden even before when he used to come here as vice president, because a lot of people see him as he was pres- the vice president that served with Barack Obama. So he is acceptable. We like him. We accept him into our community. We're not booing Joe Biden. Joe Biden got in through the back door to a cookout because he came with Barack Obama. We're going to keep the, the conversation going with President Biden, but open it up to some other news stories that I want to put on the table. I want to talk with you about an incident that has been on my mind uh, since it happened, because I'm not sure where to go with this. I am a parent of college athletes, and I have watched my sons compete as athletes through high school, through middle school, through elementary school. They've always participated in sports. Kofi, my oldest, has been playing baseball since he was four, started on the T. Doing T-ball. Amir, my youngest, played baseball and then started fencing at eight. That's all we've ever done. So I don't understand exactly what's going on in Carroll County. I know how to act at a game. I am not screaming at the umpire. I'm not storming onto the field. I'm not looking to fight other parents. I may get upset, as I do, but in certain environments... It's just not acceptable. I think it's interesting that each sport has a climate and and you kind of fall in line with the climate. Let let me give you an example. When I go to a baseball game and I'm watching my kid out there, I can openly complain about what's happening. I don't like the call from the uh, umpire. You call the strike and it should have been a ball. I can openly complain, pretty loud actually. When I go and watch my son fencing, as part of the culture, you don't do that. You actually don't make a lot of noise, it's almost like tennis, where you're there, you're not actively participating. Golf is another one. You're there. Except, you know, when Tiger was playing, people got all involved, got real loud when Tiger was playing. But normally, there's some sports where you actually are, you know, it's, a, it's a different word, too. They don't call you a fan. They call you a spectator. There's some sports where you are a spectator, which means you are unable to. You are not looked upon very favorably if you inject yourself into the conversation, yelling at the ref. You don't typically see at fencing matches, at golf matches, at t- where you have somebody in the audience yelling at the ref, coming down to the court or going up to the strip. It doesn't happen in the same way that maybe it happens at football games. I know that football fans are fanatic, right? basketball games, fans are... for. I mean, I've seen Spike Lee on the front row screaming at the refs, right? Screaming at other players. They do it at baseball games. Screaming, right? Screaming at the players. Well, somehow or another, that behavior that we do at adult games... I mean, basketball with LeBron is an adult game. Basketball with elementary school kids, I mean, come on. I mean, you're not doing that much screaming. Well, Carroll County... (laughs) had a problem at a 13-year-old division game. And I'm going to lay this out and then we'll open up the phone lines after the break. For some reason, this issue became a fight involving 30 people and resulted in the arrest of two parents of Carroll County players. When we come back, I want to explain to you how charges of racism have come on the table with this fight at a Carroll County youth football game. Why? Because people are out of control. We'll talk about that when we come back from the break. Stay with us.